Hey everybody, welcome to the 1947 Rise podcast. A podcast that helps India-born US trained Indians get integrated into the Indian technology ecosystem and inspires them to move back to India to build massive tech companies and or help enable the tech ecosystem. We do this by interviewing India-born US trained Indians who have moved back to India and built massive tech companies themselves and or helped enable the tech ecosystem. Awesome. I'm excited to have Abhi Kumar who heads Asia M12 which is a venture arm of Microsoft. Uh, Abhi, welcome to the show. Thank you Shiva for having me. Appreciate it. And good to meet all your listeners. Absolutely. Uh Abhi, let's start by you walking us through your journey from growing up in India, then moving to the US and then moving back to India and, and what made you move back. Yeah, thanks Shiva. Uh, great question. So I spent like probably a lot of your listeners a long time thinking through where I want to be long term and what I really wanted my impact to sort of be uh, in the ecosystem. thoroughly enjoyed my experience in my time in the US uh, but thinking ahead i really want to be part of the growth and the impact that india is going to have in the next decade or decades to come and i felt like you know me being in the ecosystem i have a lot of value to to add and bring uh, from experiences etc and that was a driving factor to actually think what moving back uh, obviously family was a big uh, component of that as well to be closer home to parents uh that was a, a a big factor as well i think the overall was so both from personal reasons to be close to family and professional reasons to actually have a lot more impact uh, or actually have more impact in actually helping india grow in the next decade or decades to come was the driving factor in moving back to india got it and we'll dive into your move back uh, to india in a bit would love to understand uh, your journey as well abi like where initially did you move to us and your work experience and then now in india Yeah yeah uh, for sure uh, so my, i think my experience probably is is very similar to a lot of your listeners again um grew up in india actually essentially delhi uh did my um, engineering like everybody else does back in the day when i graduated you could only do engineering or medical uh, i opted to go engineering because i wasn't good at biology did my engineering uh, in the us I started working back in the day when saas was an even earlier product or 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 a term in fact actually helped uh, oracle put out a product called epm enterprise project management back in the day so we essentially were a sort of entrepreneurs entrepreneurs as they call it within a big corporate but trying to put out a new product in, in the market really figuring out what's the customer looking for how do we segment the customers how do we build the right product for them what's the pmf there how do we gtm it how we grow it how we scale it which is part of the pm team product management team actually that helped build and develop the product uh, move to the copstrat uh, sort of uh, function to be able to go and scale the product then essentially as part of part of oracle we were very successful we essentially you know rolled the product out globally and this is again back in the day when you really did not have the business model of saas and and the gtm was essentially you know we figuring out what the right way to get the right experience to users was realize i kind of enjoy scaling businesses up that's kind of my forte or mm-hmm. company building or business building as i call it uh moved over uh, and did a bunch of that work at oracle um, you know moved over to banking ipd in new york did my mba again moved to the buy side did some investments uh, across the board in in the us and at that point you know i had obviously had been uh, quite successful in doing this you know product build up once had a lot of experience in really seeing how do you scale a business 
So in my opinion, the three stages, right? How do you take a business from zero to one when you essentially are figuring out the PMF? Then you go from you know one to ten. You know, these are just proxy numbers, obviously, and nothing written in stone. But yeah. one to ten when you're figuring out how do you build a GTM. And then 10 to 100 when you build actually the category for it, right? Or being a category leader, essentially, right? So had done zero to one and then essentially had seen uh, one to 10 as well, really building out the GTM for us uh, in the US and globally. And then I had at IBD and as a buy side seen how do you go from 10 to 100? So having had the whole set of experience broadly, I was not looking for essentially what do I, where do I want to be for the next 20 years of my life? And that's when, I, you know, the, the thought came. You know, I was seeing the, the immense potential in the Indian markets, nation markets. Really want to be part of that excitement and that growth. Um, and obviously, given the fact that I want to be close to parents and family, uh, thought the move would be to move closer to them, which would be Asia. Move to Hong Kong um, for a few years, which is fantastic because it really gave me a sense of, you know, how, again, how proactive and how sort of vibrant the markets in Asia are and what the, what the needs of the, of the, of the user are. Uh, a few years back, was brought in to essentially uh, look after emerging market strategy at Microsoft uh, to kind of stitch together the three elements of what are we doing in emerging markets, what investments are required, and how do we execute on them, right? Kind of the three elements of it. So did that, uh, and as a part of that, also helped us help land M12 for us in, in India to cover all of Asia. And the intent was it was a natural next step for us to be able to go from remote investing to actually having a team on the ground in the country kind of add value to our to our portfolio companies to really bring a lot more value that we can bring as a fund closer to our companies uh, so we have been sort of investing uh, you know maybe let, let me actually step back and give you a quick sense of m12 m2 essentially is microsoft's venture fund we are a financial first investor so we invest for the reasons of helping a portfolio company. So we succeed when they succeed, essentially, right? Um, we are not, uh, you know, we're not driving any other agenda with them. And the second reason we invest is we invest to add value. We're not a passive investor. We are a very active investor. And we essentially add that value via our LP, which is Microsoft, with access to the entire B2B ecosystem. So as you think of the value we bring, at the bare minimum, we are capital and a founder-friendly capital. Obviously, that's that's a baseline. When we add stuff on top, we are a lot more than just capital, right? And we've been very successful globally. We have done about 100 deals in the last five years, uh, about a dozen unicorns already in the portfolio. Uh, we have a single pool of capital globally. What that means is you know, we invest in the best companies and best startups wherever they are, regardless of geography. Uh, and once we invest in that in that company, we kind of earmark that space for them. So we are not taking competing bets anywhere else in the world, right? So compare the best companies wherever they are globally. So four offices, uh, the Valley, uh, London, Tel Aviv, and obviously Asia, based sort of Bangalore. So the intent was, as we launched M12 in India uh, back in 2019, 1920, was to be able to really bring that value to a, to a portfolio company. There's a lot of innovation happening in Asia and India. And as I tell founders, you don't have to be sitting at the doorsteps of customers uh, anymore in New York or in Chicago or in, 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 in you know, San Francisco. You can actually be sitting out of a small town in India or Asia anywhere and kind of disrupt global businesses. That's what we are seeing right now happen. I have an example I give. There's a small company that we that we, we are familiar with in India, and they essentially sell refrigeration tracking software for ice cream trucks. Now imagine a small company sitting in, in the in the heat in, of, of, of India 
and tracking the restitution of ice cream trucks going around the cities of Manhattan, right? The city of Manhattan. And that you, you can be doing that thing anywhere in the world, you know, not just India, anywhere where there's talent, which is global now, especially the hybrid workplace we have, uh, you can be sitting anywhere in the world and do that. So in my opinion, Indian ecosystem is at par, uh, you know, if, you know, with, with any, any other ecosystem in the world from innovation standpoint. So how do we kind of tap into the ecosystem to bring the best, you know, entrepreneurs, a platform to, to scale globally? That was the goal and that's what we are working towards. Absolutely. And good to have you back, Abhi. And, and, and of course, like the things that you're doing through M12 is, is definitely very powerful. And uh, well, could you talk uh, a bit about what state sector check sizes M12 is focused on? And maybe we can talk about a few recent investments. Sure. Uh, so M12 essentially is a series A and B fund. So we essentially our check size sweet spot is between 5 to 15. Uh, we can go slightly lower, we can go slightly higher. But I think that more than check size, the important part is we invest when we think we are able to create value together, right? Yeah. So if we think the value will come slightly earlier on, we can make the investment at that point. But us, but generally what we've seen is when a company has a PMF, which means we can use the muscle of MS to kind of help them grow and scale is when we come in. And that for the most typical situations relates, you know, translates to cities A's and B's and kind of that, that sweet spot I just mentioned. One thing I should also mention, actually, we do only B2B. So what that means is we know the space really, really well. So when we do company building, you know, we are able to really build that, uh, build that uh, sort of muscle into it to help the company from a company building standpoint. So we, since we're not distracted by B2C. So yeah, that's our check size. That's our kind of focus area. And within B2B, we cover everything. You know, you cover, talk about SaaS, uh, cybersecurity, deep tech, so you sort of name it and we cover it. And, and you recently made a few investments as well, right? Yeah, we've been very active, in fact, in, in, in Asia and in India. A uh, few of our portfolio companies in, in Asia include GoOne. It's essentially a learning um, platform uh, based in Australia. Uh, we have a company called Lottie Files based in Malaysia. We have a company called Next Billion we invested in based in Singapore. We have FarEye uh, that we made in last year. We have Innovacer, which we invested in a couple of years back. We have HelpShift, we have Nitrodyne. So we have a bunch of investments that we, we have in the portfolio in Asia. Gotcha. And would love to hear uh, what's, what's, what's the favorite part about your job at M12. It sounds so exciting. You know, the favorite part is just a, you know, just a learning and the pace, right? So essentially talking to smart people, smarter than me, of, of course, you know, every single day. So you're learning something new every single day, essentially, right? And the pace of innovation is just amazing to keep up with. So you're learning, you're constantly, you know, evolving and, 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 and growing as an individual, as a professional. And the exciting part is to really help company build, right? So, you know, I always have to say that the real fun begins when you invest in a company because now you're part of the journey with a founder, right? Uh, they are the ones who have taken the big uh, leap of faith to set the company up, to build a company, build a business, build a PMF, build after customers and we are partners in their growth. But I we take our job very seriously to be able to help and really be a partner in their growth, right? So, you know, when they are facing an issue, for example, from a GTM or pricing uh, or, or structuring, for example, the next rounds, we are with, the, in, with them in the trenches, figuring out how do we go and help them company build, right? What are the things, roads we can unblock for them, right? Either through our own networks or through or via Microsoft, but but that company building is a fun part, right? Yeah. Uh, in our portfolio companies. But to do that, you have to continue to learn every single day. And that you do it from meeting, you know, lots and lots of smarter people than you in the, in the ecosystem. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And Abhi, you've had a very interesting background. Uh, you know, you worked in investment banking, then M&A, then, then you've been with Microsoft for a while. And, you know, you lived in US, then you lived in Hong Kong, now you're back in Bangalore. You know, what were the skills uh, that or experiences that you picked up while you were living abroad and you brought them back with you here? And in hindsight, you think that they've become valuable. You know, to be honest, I'll tell you the, the greatest skill that I've learned uh, in, in sort of my experiences in, in, and in my education as well is the skill to know that I don't know everything, mm-hmm. right? Essentially, yeah. is the ability to ask questions, uh, you know, and, and learn, right? Essentially, that's the only skill that I think matters because that keeps you as a lifelong learner. And when you're lifelong learning, you essentially don't have a mindset that I know all the answers. No, let me tell you. It's like, hey, let me learn and let's work on it together. It, 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 it sounds trite when I say it, but it's actually true because uh, you can never really know everything, right? So to be able to frame a problem, you know, and know what you don't know and to be able to kind of frame it and, and in a way that you're able to discover new things about it, essentially leads to connecting the dots, right? To kind of connect the dots and make it more powerful within the individual you know, challenge or problem itself is the key skill set, right? And I think that, expe- that, that, that critical thinking uh, comes from having a diversity of experience. Uh, you know, as I mentioned to you, you know, when you are company building with the founders, it's a very, very, very serious responsibility because they have essentially put in a lot at stake to be able to do company build, right? Uh, and to, to really give them the right advice, right partnership, you have to do critical thinking with them. And, the, and that's a skill set that I find most, most helpful. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a very, uh, you know, powerful mindset and, and thought process to have. And uh, Abhi, I'm sure, you know, so you moved back because you saw an opportunity. Indian tech ecosystem is going to boom and it's going to keep on booming for the next you know, few decades. And, and you wanted to have an impact. You got the right platform to do it, you know, through M12. I'm sure a few of your friends are, you know, in touch. They're asking you about India. But let's say if there are some people, you know, who are thinking about moving back to India, how should they think about their move back to India? So I think I think it's a very individual choice. I think when you move back to India, I think it's more than just moving back to India. I think I think it's what really drives you is a question you have to ask yourself. Essentially, right? Are you are you driven by what, what does success mean to you? I think I think that's very very important, right? Is it being being part of something that you can look back upon and say this is something I achieved in the last ten years um, in the ecosystem, or are you looking for something a little bit more uh, more transitory? So essentially, what's your what's your what are your drivers? The decision making is very important, mm-hmm. and I think that will then dictate the kind of opportunities you're looking for, right? Um, I will say you, I will tell you, so moving back to India is not easy. What that means is unless you have the right reasons to move back, it will be difficult, right? So example, right reasons, I mean, either the depth of commitment, for example, I really want to build something long-term and I'm here to stay and I will deal with the, with the whole, the entire challenges of bureaucracy or, or you know, the, the, just the issues of the mundane issues of existence. Um, that is one, or you have, let's say, very deep, you know, family reasons to move back to India. So you really have to have strong reasons. Otherwise, it will become difficult because we all used to, uh, uh, you know, a certain way of doing work out in the West. India is a little different. You know, it's, it's not right or wrong. It's just a little different, essentially, right? You know, I, I like to give an example. You know, in India, you know, you, you, work gets done not because somebody will do it because they expect to do it. 
it's also relationships that count essentially right so uh, and it's it's a different pace it's a different you know there's a sort of smart talent in india so you have to kind of be patient to be able to understand find the right right sort of you know talent group for yourself and the right opportunity for yourself but the rewards are outstanding in terms of fulfillment in terms of impact you can land uh, so you so back to what your question is my advice would be to really figure out what your motivations are and then map the opportunities to your motivations right rather than just following a, a path um, and i think you will realize you know i always tell my companies portfolio companies as well to really get the best outcome you have to do two things find out the person's motivations and then align the incentive to the motivations and then you you're done you just essentially going to be an autopilot right so example some of the motivations are they want to have uh, you know let's say a large team for example to manage right your incentives should be tied to that and they will go if they're tied to that motivation and incentive the person will perform well similarly all of us are individuals are have some motivations if you can drive incentives to those motivations that's kind of the the secret sauce in my opinion for really figuring out what you want to do long term yeah no absolutely in fact this is the common uh, advice that you know i've been getting from the folks that i have interviewed on the podcast where you know again back to what you just said you know come back for the right reasons and and think super long term and then rewards can be massive abhi would love to get you know at a deeper level uh you know turning points any you know any life event book or a decision that just changed your life <laughs> you know i think uh i i think the life events in my you know that have changed how i thought about probably is experiences that i've gotten for example you know i signed off with with oracle as i mentioned you know back in the day you know i was starry eyed you know young fresh graduate from college i think just being in the in that right place in some ways was just pure luck because you're trying to go after a new market and a new gtm model and new product i might not have gotten an exposure in lower, in a little more established market but that back in the day was essentially what we're seeing saas is doing now so being there being fresh you know because this was a, a kind of high risk project got involved early on was really able to like make a you know a, a, a large contribution and large impact and really company built from that perspective so getting really early views was really interesting and and important um, so you know uh, you know i'm no i'm no responsible for that product being successful i was just a part of it but uh, it was it was a team effort but i think from that early on understanding what this city to company built was very very critical and then essentially ibd was a good exposure because it showed me you know essentially how do you then take a company from a 10 to 100 kind of scale because now you're dealing with at a very different scale of businesses right what are the synergies you're driving from business longer term how are you thinking about growth how are you thinking about you know roi etc to really set the business up at that scale was very interesting then i think you know what i learned in my mba was that you don't know everything you don't know everything so how do you stay humble how do you stay hungry and how do you ask right questions very important and i think all of this kind of led me to to take what i do very seriously uh, but obviously have fun along the way but seriously because you know that what you're doing you know essentially matters a lot to the companies you work with so you really have to to be authentic and you have to go deep so uh, i think the transfer experiences were probably you know what i did at at work in my education now we're moving back to india right so uh, or moving back to asia a really excited about the opportunity we have here in the ground and the part that we can all play in in, in sort of making sure we monetize the opportunity for for the country and for the, for the population 
Yeah, no, look, uh, from outside of it looks like, you know, things are going for you, things are working for you, but we know, right? Like, you know, along the way, you've been just figuring it out. So let's talk about like, what do you struggle with? What do I struggle with? You know, it is a constant struggle to, um, to make sure that, you know, to know that you're right or wrong. So in venture, there's no right or wrong answers, right? Mm-hmm. It is your, 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 the, the actual results come out five, 10 years down the road, right? So how do you know you, you, you essentially are giving right advice to your founders? That's the hard part, right? Uh, how do you know you're not, you know, you're being the most thoughtful that you can be? Are you doing enough to add enough value? Because, you know, success is combined, but failure can be individual, right? So how do you make sure that, uh, you are able to do your best to add, uh, you know, add value to your founders. What do you know what the right decision making is? You sometimes even question is is it is it you know, you know, example in the last two years when we had COVID and there were like you know terrible wave two in India. I was questioning whether I should have been in the US, right? I mean, is it safer to be there, right? Essentially, so you made all the right choices at the points you made them, but you always have to go back and question whether this was the right choice for long term, right? So, you know, especially in the world we have had in the last two years, essentially a year and a half. Uh, so I think I think you struggle with, you know, you, you figure out as you go along, but I think as long as you're true with your intentions and you're true with your, uh, and true in your depth of, of your engagement, I think there, there is no right path for everybody, essentially. It's, it's your path and your own path, right? I think that's what really creates clarity in mind, right? Hey, I did the best I could, right? So there's one test I always I was do in my mind is when I'm doing something, I ask the question, is this going to matter to me or to people around me in the next one year or five years, right? That, that, right? So if it does not matter in one year, five years, then I deprioritize uh, that particular action or, or spend time on it, right? If it will matter, then I will figure out where the priority list sits. So, but that's one very clear way of figuring out what's important to you and how, how do you think about it longer term? Yeah, no, I get a sense that, you know, you, uh, you spend a good amount of time on, uh, on doing reflections. And uh, Abhi, was there, you know, do you have a favorite failure of yours? And what I mean by that, you know, in the moment, it felt like, man, this is over, like, boom, done. But in the hindsight, that was probably the best thing that had happened to you. Hmm. Mm. That's a good question. Favorite failure, you know, the probably the the, the favorite failure I had is, uh, you know, when we were in the U. I mean, every time you make an investment, essentially, sometimes you lose deals. But I think those are very trivial stuff. I mean, you lose and you win some. Probably my favorite failure was back in the U.S. when I was trying to figure out what do I really want to do longer term. And I think I really wanted to essentially go and start a company of my own and, and work with a couple of ex, you know, ex-founders to actually do that. And we tried that as well while I was working there in the U.S., but we couldn't scale the business up off the ground, right? And at that point, felt like, you know, I just don't know. I couldn't scale a business up. Maybe I'm not, I'm not meant to be a founder. I'm not meant to be the, the innovation ecosystem. And it felt very personal because, you know, as I said, you know, failures are individual. Um, I, I felt like, you know, maybe I need to do more reflection and get more experience and to be able to understand that. But, but I didn't get any feedback. I didn't understand what we did wrong as, 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 as a founding team to be able to get our ideas off the ground. And the vision conviction that we had, we were not able to communicate that to essentially, you know, either investors or stakeholders or to our new talent. So that felt like a big gap, um, and I and felt like, you know, 
I'm never going to make it in, in, in sort of innovation landscape, right? Um, but I think that, te that fear teaches you as well, because now I learned what's not not to do, right? And I also understand the challenges and what really goes on in the minds of founders, you know, not just in the fundraising, but in your company building, essentially, right? To me, fundraising, a very small element of company building. Uh, so to be able to be in their shoes, in that journey with them, I think that failure was really instrumental uh, in mapping out their, their, their vision. Yeah, thanks for sharing this. And Abhi, uh, what's what's success to you? I think success to, to me is essentially, you know, building a legacy, essentially being looking back and saying, yeah, I was part of something great and this is what great looks like, right? Whether it is, you know, even impacting the lives, uh, you know, positively of a couple of people around me or it is, you know, helping a startup really achieve their vision and, and what they set out to be. Uh, but I really need to be able to, to what I say, look back and say, this is what I helped achieve, essentially, for, not just for myself, but for a team of people or for, for, for a group of uh, ecosystem partners, right? So that's, that's success to me, essentially. Right. So we know you because of M12 and, and because of your work. Uh, what do your friends know you for? What do my friends know me? Somebody who's, you know, straightforward, loyal, um, you know, somebody who's essentially there to help them and they need it. Um, Somebody who probably also, you know, has some humor, a little bit of humor is maybe a little bit too busy and too overwhelmed, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, and sometimes doesn't stay in touch as often as they want him to. But, uh, but yeah, essentially somebody who, who's, 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 I mean, people matter most to me, to be very honest. Right. I think, I think that I enjoy the most uh, in, in anything. So I am, I am kind of what you see. Uh, so there, there is, you know, what you see is what you get kind of a thing. Uh, and people are most important to me. So I will go out of the way for relationships and I expect the same thing, right? So uh, I, I give, but I fix for the same thing back, right? So, uh, so I think that's what my friends know me for. Love it. Uh, if you don't need money, fame, or attention anymore, what would you work on, Abhi? You know, so people have asked me this, you know, would... What time? I mean, it's too early to get retired, but I think what they're, what they're asking is, what would you do, let's say, if you weren't working with what work is, right? What we classify. Essentially, I'll have to keep doing something. I, I would get very bored very quickly. So I need to be engaged. I need to be constantly challenged. And the reason I like the work we do is because I'm always at the edge of something and looking, you know, ahead, you know, you know, and on the precipice and seeing what's going to happen next. And I could be wrong, I could be right, but that's the excitement part, exciting part. So if I didn't, if I didn't need all these three things, and in some ways I operate in the same manner, you know, I don't, I don't know, I, those things are a byproduct, not really what you seek. Yes. So I operate because I enjoy what I do, what I'm doing, right? And I will continue to enjoy what I'm doing. So whether it is, you know, learning some new sport, and I know you and I have talked about tennis, and you teaching me, giving me tennis lessons. But, you know, either, either I'm learning a new sport or I am essentially learning a new skill set or learning a new industry or making new investments. But just learning and doing stuff and moving myself forward is very important to me. Uh, I am somebody who essentially has a, you know, has a tendency to get bored and, and lose attention. So I have to stay engaged constantly. Yeah. So last one. Uh, uh, what do you do when you're not working? <laughs> yes. Very, very little time. Is <laughs> that sad, which I need to like uh, better balance um, you know, I love traveling. I love reading. I read, a, uh, you know, one of my favorite books I've read is called, is by, is called, it's called Ishmael by Daniel Quinn. Mm -hmm. uh, essentially a very different take on what world looks like. Um, I love, you know, 
being friends, staying active to the extent I can. I need to lose a little bit of five kgs now, but that's beyond the point. Um, so yeah, I think I, I enjoy experiencing life in people, right? And to me, uh, traveling, for example, is not about places, about people. You know, I have learned so much about the world by just sitting and talking to strangers that you can meet, you know, while you know, in a train, in a plane, or, or you know, sitting somewhere in a restaurant or, 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 or up a ski. These are all locations, essentially, but people are what's important, right? Can I put myself in the people's shoes and understand what they're going through? Um, I mean, at the end of the day, if you think about it, right, all of us have the same exact composition, right? Not just a, a, as a human body, but also our human thought, right? We, we wake up probably in the morning, we have breakfast, we get hungry, we get ready. You know, we probably, you know, feel thirsty. Then we have the same dreams and hopes about our fa- parents, about kids, uh, about family, about work. You know, we are very, very, we are too similar, essentially. And I think you only find that out and you really relate to it, understand it when you actually essentially are, um, you know, meeting those people and having experiences. And then you also understand what drives and ticks and motivates people, right? I'll give you a very interesting story. I was essentially once traveling and I, you know, this is, we were sitting and waiting for the flight to board. And I saw two sets of families come together and they had young infants and they started to like reach out to, to each other to play with each other, right? Now, these, these two families were not obviously known to each other, but they were sitting separately. These infants were playing. And what struck me is when we were born, you know, these infants are just going to play with each other, right? They have, no, they have no boundaries of race or religion or culture or, or demographic or, or, you know, any of those things. They're just playing. Mm-hmm. But as they will grow up older, they will be burdened by our burdens of race, religion, demographic, all the jazz. And they might still be best friends or they might be mortal enemies. We don't know. So to break those barriers, you essentially have to be able to relate to people and understand what drives and ticks them, right? One of the favorite questions I ask my, my portfolio companies is, you know, uh, you know, again, switching to business context, when you say your, your ICP or your customer profile, can you close in your eyes and describe to me what the customer looks like? You know? And I obviously don't mean in a literal manner, but what I want to understand is, do you understand what a customer had this morning for breakfast, right? Did they go to work in a, in a, in a, in a rickshaw or in a bus or in a car? How old are the kids? I intend because decisions are made by people, not by corporations. So if you can essentially figure out really what your customer looks like, what they had for their meal, what point in life they are in, what pain points they're solving for, you'll be a much better business professional. Same thing applies to us as individually as well. If I'm able to understand better what drives people, I'm able to better help them and, and, and be more satisfied with the work I'm doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful experience when you travel to different countries, and especially when you meet people from different, different worldviews and different cultures. So you know, I was in the tennis team at San Diego State and, and the team was from 15 different nationalities. And, you know, the cool thing, like a couple of things. First, you know, it really humbles you down. It tells you, look, there's no right or wrong. It all comes down to where you're coming from, right? And then the other thing is like, at the core level, we are all the same. Like it doesn't matter where that person is from, either from Colombia or Germany. But yeah, it's uh, Abhi. That, this was great. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for you know taking the time, coming on the podcast, talking about your experience and you know your strategy, your thesis around M12 and the impact that you're looking to create in India. And you know we're lucky to have you and M12 uh, in India with us. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you for having me, Shiva. I hope this was fun and happy. 
to take any questions from your listeners if they have any uh, via you. So uh, thanks for having me. This was fun. Absolutely.